still just a lot of activity going on construction-wise. And, and a lot of the cargoes, especially the general cargoes that we handle, are going into this variety of products. Uh, you know, the steel that comes in, the aluminum, is then further processed here in the Detroit area. And, you know, whether it's, it's for auto parts or it ends up in, you know, construction materials, that's where all these products are going to. But the, the other interesting thing in those numbers is the, uh, the machinery. It's a smaller, much smaller number. But what that is a reflection of is as companies in the Detroit area are investing in in new plant and equipment, you know, this is where the port plays a very interesting role because a lot of that equipment, and these are heavy pieces of, you know, presses, just a a variety of of pieces of equipment, and, and by bringing them directly into Detroit, it reduces the, the, the transportation cost so much, and it keeps those heavy project cargoes off the, off the roads as much as possible. So, you know, this is just one way where the port really does serve the, the manufacturing industrial base within Detroit and southeast Michigan. As people listen to this and they think, well, why, why should I care how much cargo is coming into the port of Detroit? Why is this important? Well, I mean, the, the real simple answer is just the number of jobs uh, at, at the docks itself. Uh, from a general cargo standpoint at, uh, at the Nicholson Terminal, there's, there's over 100 people that are working down there just, you know, unloading the vessels and storing the steel. But then you, you have the, uh, the related jobs, all the trucks that are coming in to the terminal, picking up that steel, delivering it to those factories, and then, you know, on top of that, now you've got factories that are now utilizing that, that steel, the aluminum, you know, the various metals to produce these final products. So, you know, there's, there's thousands of jobs that are directly related to the, those activities, and then there are the, the second line of jobs that are dependent on that, that lower-cost material that's coming in, that's being utilized in the industrial sector at our manufacturing companies. How does somebody get one of those jobs? Uh, are there any of them available, and uh, do you have a, a, a shortage of labor? Yeah, there, that's, that's, a, that's a real interesting question, it's, it's, and it's a frustrating issue because that is one of the complaints that I hear from Dan Dean uh, with Nicholson Marine Terminal is, you know, he needs good, you know, a, a good, strong workforce, and, and he's looking for machine operators, forklift drivers, um, you know, cargo handlers, crane uh, operators, there is a shortage of those types of workers. And the other really interesting thing that, that's great about the way I think Nicholson Marine Terminal operates, because the Great Lakes is seasonal, we, we, from a cargo standpoint, we kind of shut down for three months, January, February, and March. But what Nicholson does, they also are in the ship repair business. So they cross-train their workforce. So in those three months, instead of people being laid off, they transition into ship repair. So he, he trains people to, you know, as, as welders, as machinists. So, you know, they, they have a very, very easy transition from cargo handling right into ship repair to guarantee that we have people out there working 12 months out of the year. They're not interrupting their working life by, you know, being closed out for three months just because 
the St. Lawrence Seaway happens to close down for a, for a few months every year. So there's there's really a, I mean he's he's taken kind of a, a tough situation and he's he's really found a, a way to utilize his workforce, maximize the value of of that workforce, and make sure that they've got employment year round. It's definitely hard work, uh, mm-hmm. but it, does it pay? Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're talking. We were just looking at the numbers for you know comparable numbers, and I, I believe uh, we we're looking at e-course. And I think these were national numbers. And e-course, the average salary was it was it was a little shocking because I think it was putting the numbers that we saw it was about fifteen thousand dollars a year. But when you look at the people that are working um, kind of in the shipyard and uh, cargo, they're making better than $50,000 a year. They're, you know, when you when you looked at uh, both salary, which was their salaries were over 40000 but then when you looked at all the benefits, you were probably looking, you know, closer to fifty to $60,000 a year, you know, in benefits. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is, this is a living wage. These are not, uh, you know, minimum wage jobs. These are skilled uh, workers, and, and they are paid, you know, commensurate with that, that skill level. So how do you get that training? Where do you get it? Well, and there's, there's a, you know, Dan and Dan Dean with Nicholson, they train uh, on their own. Uh, but I, I think there's also different areas that you can go to. I mean, the, the community colleges that provide, you know, uh, certified welding skills and things like that. But before people go out and, and, and look for the training, they want to know that there's opportunities. And, and the issue we try to get out is, yes, there are job opportunities out there for, you know, on the docks, there are truck driving jobs that are available. There's just a, a tremendous amount of, you know, opportunity uh, if you can, if you're willing to go out and get the training and, and do what's necessary.